Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil, and this is the show where I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. My incredible guest today, Mike Gennetti. He is the managing editor and founder of Spot Track. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure. As I told you before, I've been on your website a million times. Might as well uh, get to ask you some questions about it. So I appreciate you hanging out. Very excited. I'm going to let you explain Spot Track, but just as a quick overview for the folks, you get to find out all about the contracts, how they work, why they work in all these leagues that we love so much. But this is the NFL season. This is your time to shine. So I'm very excited to get to chat with you about that. But first question, Mike, for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? <laughs> uh, boy, I'm a competitor. Uh, just kind of grew up that way. I'm a twin. I have a twin sister. So, you know, the competition started at one minute in and... Mm -hmm. uh, it never really stopped. I was a five, six sport kid, you know, a couple sports in college. So it kind of just carried through and really just turned into, I didn't want to quit it. <laughs> you know, once college was over, I, uh, I had a good degree, but I didn't want to sit in an office all day. So I had to figure out how to get back into sports and, you know, playing shortstop for the Mets wasn't working out so well. So I had to, uh, <laughs> figure out an alternative here and here we are. So it's, uh, it's nerdy stuff, but at least it's sports related, right? It's sports related. We all love it. And I'm big Mets fan. So sorry, man. I'm oh, gonna here take, we go. I'm going to take Francisco Lindor this year. I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> Very much. Let's do should, it. Should be a fun one. I'm excited to see what that contract looks like. Give the guy all the money he wants. Steve Cohen yeah. just dropped $2.75 billion on GameStop or whatever that shit was. Just give yeah. the man all the money in the world. I don't care at this point. It's kind of cool, right? Like now we can say that stuff as Mets fans. A real not, owner. Yeah. Real yeah, cash. Not cool. funny money. Yep. Kind of cool. Kind of <laughs> cool. So, um, I, I, as I said, I gave a very quick, small little, um, overview, but what exactly is spot check? And yeah, as you said, it's pretty nerdy. Where'd you come up with this idea? Yeah. So it's back to the baseball situation. I mean, you know, it was peak a rod time when I started mm. this thing, it was a rods, $250 million contract on the suspension. How much was he going to lose? How much was he going to earn? You know, I mean, baseball money was stupid back then. It's come down to earth a little bit, but it was my first love. So I, I started to, you know, file through Wall Street Journal and, and New York Times articles online to find this information. And it just wasn't in one good spot back then. So I started there, just started listing them out in a blog. And then the NFL locked out and went to that hard cap. And the new CBA came out and I decided, hey, I'm going to dive into this and see what kind of uh, elements it has. Got really interested in it and then started to realize, realize that there were like 4,000 people around me that really wanted to learn this stuff too. So, you know, I was a web developer. I had a math background. I had a huge sports background. So I just said, hey, this might be a thing. And it came, you know, it started off as a list of 25 <laughs> baseball contracts. And now we're, you know, 20 sports deep. And, you know, I, I read CBAs for a living. So there mm. you go. Good for you, man. Thankfully, you do that. So uh, yeah. someone like myself doesn't have to because I probably wouldn't understand it anyway. So again, thank you for your service, Mike. We sincerely <laughs> the entire sports world does say that. And so you know, it's actually a pretty funny story, kind of how it gets started. And you're just kind of, you know, you're, you're looking for right. There's the problem. You're trying to fill your own. You know, you're trying to find a solution for yourself because it's interesting. And then as you find so yeah. many other people are interested in it. So as you said, there wasn't one good place to find all this information on these contracts. So where did you go in the beginning? And then where do you go now to get all this information? Because there's hundreds of thousands of contracts in all these leagues. 
And you know the guy at the end of the bench and what he's making and what these guys at Super 2 for baseball are making and all this stuff's different. Where the heck do you find all this information? Yeah, so it's a lot easier 15 years later now that I've <laughs> built up my, my contacts and my resources, right? I mean, that's a, it's a dream to wake up with a cup of coffee now and have some people actually send me things. Nice. But, you know, back then it was literally what I said. It was filing through newspapers. You know, there were some pretty great reporters out there doing this kind of stuff and speaking to these things and actually breaking down, you know, I mean, I can find you an article that has Bo Jackson's rookie contract broken down somewhere out there in, in Oakland, but or in Los Angeles. But you know, it was it wasn't even close to being all put together and aggregated in one spot. So it, that was the goal. It was not only are we going to start to show these things in one spot, but we're going to break them down in a way that's somewhat legible to the average fan, and then it's it's snowballed, right? It's snowballed into hard, salary cap information and luxury tax situations and. You know, it got a lot more legal than I thought it was going to get. But, um, you know, you really can't just go kind of trickle into this. Once you once people start asking the right questions, you realize, hey, we can't just throw a bunch of contracts up there and make it a website. It's got to be an actual living, breathing organism, which it is. It's literally every minute it changes. So um, way more than I thought it was going to be. But the, you know, being able to rub elbows now with some of these agents, some of the bigger reporters in the leagues in the various leagues has made things a little bit easier. And really it's, it's about keeping the reputation, you know, because mm -hmm. if I, if I slack off and I, and I have old data up there, nobody's going to help me out. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. And right. And we, we kind of see it particularly in the NFL a lot, you yeah. know, Adam Schefter gets those tweets and you know, you, you want to tweet out the biggest number, right? Because your agent wants the player yeah. to look, you know, so there's all that, all that jazz. That's gotten that's better. That's yes. gotten better. T five years ago, it was still about what the agent wanted you to say. Now yep. it's more of, Hey, what's really guaranteed here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's what we know in the NFL. It's the guaranteed yeah. money. And honestly, guaranteed money is not even guaranteed, which is again, I we're yeah. going to get into the NFL in a little bit because the, those contracts confuse the hell out of me. But one thing that I have noticed is there's there's other sites out there, right? You're not the only one that's been yeah. doing this. And, and there's other sites out there. And now that it's NFL season, or now that it's free agency season, yeah. which is coming up only here in a couple of weeks, I, Giants fan, have been on all these sites. Okay, well, Nate Solder, sorry, bud. You're awesome. You're a good person. You're going to get cut, hopefully. And, you know, kind of restructure Kevin Zeitler's contract, maybe. And Golden Tate, we really don't need him on the team. He's just a duplicate of Sterling Shepard, just older and, and not as good. Like, so I'm trying to figure out all these things. So there's a couple different websites that I go to. And what I've found is the information isn't one to one exactly. Like some of the, mm -hmm. some of the things are a little different. Is that the aggregation of the information? Is that the way that you're looking at it? Is that the legalese of, well, you can look at it one way or one day? Like how, why are they not exactly the same? And what are some of the differences that I'm missing? Yeah, a lot of it has to do with incentives and the bonuses and the likely to be earned versus not likely to be earned. So this okay. time of year, um, you know, Golden Tate, how many games did he play last year? How does that factor into his roster bonuses this year? Things like that. It's a timing issue. Um, you know, certain players have voids in their contracts where sometimes I'll assume that's going to happen versus the actual timing that it happens. So it's a it's a bit of a cat and a mouse game. And yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot of bad information out there too, unfortunately. Um, you know, some reporters that assume some things and, uh, that's what we really try have tried to not do. I'd rather have blank information than the wrong information. That's what I've kind of something I've come down to. So if you see somebody with an, with an empty contract, it's just because I don't feel comfortable yet putting whatever I have up there. So we're trying to do the, you know, the best work we can out there. Obviously there's people that are closer to this than I am, um, you know, who have better resources and in certain areas, but you know, like I said, 
it's a, it's an organism. So I, I try to do my best on it every single day and we make a lot of mistakes. This is not an easy thing to keep up with. I'll put it, I'll put that out there. No. And, and don't worry. You, you can make a couple of mistakes because again, I don't even know how this stuff works. So your information yeah. is significantly better than mine. And again, just trying to find ways that the giants can actually sign a wide receiver this year. I think that would yeah. be pretty cool. Um, and then I guess, you know, along those lines, like what, how do I want to ask this question? Like, what are you, is it just you? Is, is it just you <laughs> by yourself? Like, it sounds like there's a lot of information and it sounds like, you know, when you get that contract and you get that information, you can plug in all those numbers. But as you said, it's changing by the minute. So are there bots out there? Are you aggregating this information? Do you have a team of people? How much money, uh, not how much money are you making, but is this yeah. your full-time thing? Like, is it, is it just you or is it a bunch of people now? Uh, it's me and a partner. Okay. Specifically, we have a contractor who helps us with database stuff because that's gotten crazy, as you might imagine. It's like, yeah, uh, oh that's a whole animal to build itself. So uh, there's about three of us on a regular basis, and it's definitely full time. It's more than full time. It's oh yeah, yeah, you know, in the morning, a little bit at lunch, and and mostly when I sit down at night as well. Um, it's just a really hard thing to train. <laughs> you know, we try to bring in some people, interns, and stuff like that, and it's fine. It's great. I love the help, but it's. It just becomes such a unique niche that spending time and really here's the problem. I can't just take a week off mm -hmm. <laughs> at all, you know, because I'm hundreds of NHL transactions behind things like that. So we're not, no, we're not aggregating any of this stuff. Um, we bring in some stats from a third, third party provider. That's it. Um, everything else is literal manual input that through a piece wow. of software that we've built. Um, and refined so that it's become more and more easier over the years. But it's everything you see there has been put in usually by me, sometimes by my partner, Scott Allen, who does a lot of the NBA work and some of the smaller sports. But it, there's two reasons to do it. Number one, it's 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 a tough situation to train. And number two, I have to be able to come on these kind of shows and speak to it, and mm -hmm. which is really the fun part. So, you know, to put in the work and put these things in, it's like the old saying back in grade school, right? If you write it down, you'll remember it. Well, mm -hmm. <laughs> I have so much useless contract information in my head right now that I have to get it out. So that's why I, I like to do these kind of appearances. I love that. Well, hey, we appreciate you coming on, man. Again, yeah. just explaining a little bit of this stuff to us because I, I texted all my buddies. I was like, hey, I get to interview the guy from Spot. They just know you as Spot Track, which is kind of funny. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I hope that's cool. Yeah. They, they, so I was like, hey, if you guys have any questions. So I do have a couple I already asked a few actually. But um, so this NFL free agency season, when does that start? Give me the date. Give me the time. What do you got? March 17th is the real day, but mm -hmm. we all know that the oh, yeah, collusion that. starts about March 15th. Yeah, the collusion is already happening, but yeah, March 17th is the real day. Yes, very excited for it. The, the NBA is the best for collusion. That's sure. always fun because you know all those contracts like five days beforehand. Well, that starts March 7th, the All-Star game. That's mm -hmm. the real collusion in the NBA when all these guys sit together in a locker room and figure out who's going to play together next year. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Give the power to the players. They're the ones that only get to play for five years anyway. So some free agency questions for you. This is the one that's just the most confusing to me, right? Well, we saw it with the Saints, and they're like a bajillion dollars over the cap. I'm sure you know the exact number. But Drew Brees signs that two-year, I think it was $50 million contract. And everyone did the numbers, and it looks like this, this, that, and the other. And how now all of a sudden he restructures his contract, so it's like he's going to make like $0 next year. And then that way his cap wasn't affected. How the hell do these contracts work in the NFL? And, and how is it so easy to manipulate them? Like the Rams in particular, we'll get to them later. Yeah. It sounds like they shouldn't be able to sign a single player, but all of a sudden they're going to have a full roster and probably make the playoffs. So how do these contracts work? Yeah, the Saints are, they always play with fire, but this is going to be a particular year where I'm not even sure they know right now the right process to get to cap neutral. The, the Breeze situation is awesome. And I, I sort of saw the writing on the wall with this 
when he signed this contract last March. So he and Brady signed identical two-year, $50 mm-hmm. million dollar contracts. There's a very big difference, though. Brady was fully guaranteed. $50 million going to be in Brady's hands one way or another, no, no question. Not the case for Breeze. Breeze was, was 25, was half guaranteed. Just last year was guaranteed. So this is funny money right now. And the Saints are abusing that process. So the fact that he's going to retire at some point, they basically just took his $25 million and dropped it down to, to one. Took $24 million off of the cap because they're not going to pay that. Drew Brees is not making a dollar from the Saints this year. So in order for him to retire after June 2nd, right, that's this post-June 1st thing you're always hearing about, mm-hmm. they're going to keep him on the books until June 2nd. But it's going to be for $12 million instead of 27 or you know $34 million, whatever it was going to be. It's a considerable amount less than what, what it would have been. That way, he's got three years of dead cap because of how much they've had to roll this thing over and over and over. So instead of it being $22 million of dead cap this year, it's going to be eleven, And then they'll take another eleven next year. But they have to keep him on the books until June 2nd to do this. So that's why he's in no rush to retire. That's why the restructure happens. It's never They're not going to pay him a dollar this year in terms of cash. But they have to be creative with the cap situation so that they can keep him on the books, retire him June 2nd. He walks off into the sunset, and they can fit in a couple of contracts this March. It's just like... Yeah, it's so, so what, unnecessarily yeah. complicated. I know. It just seems like all oh, there's extra BS involved. And the same thing with Taysom Hill, right? Didn't he sign like yeah. way more money than anyone thought? But I'm assuming it's going to be something very similar where, hey, you made X dollars this year and then we're going to restructure the entire thing. And like, yeah. why do they have to do it this way? Like, why the word archaic comes up most essentially every time. Most teams don't want to deal with the, with the minutiae because it's complicated because it can bite you in the butt like it's happening right now with them and the Eagles. The restructure kings are in trouble right now. Um, it, it's very, very good when it works and you know what you're doing. And when you get, to, when the league can't bail you out like this year, it's going to be a mess. Uh, they'll figure it out. You're right. Taysom's getting restructured. You know, they're going to extend a couple of players. They maybe not didn't want to because they have to lower their cap hits. So that'll be a bit of a, you know, trial by fire. They're going to be just fine. I'm not worried about the saints. The Mickey Loomis knows what he's doing there. Howie Roseman, different story. Cause that's a bad team. Yes. <laughs> the Eagles are a bad team with a bad cap situation. So to me, it makes sense just to move on from everybody and break it right down. Whether you know, I know the Jalen Hurts situation is a mess, but uh, if you fired your coach, you, you fired your quarterback, you're going to fire your wide receiver one, you're going to fire your your best de- defensive end in Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson. So uh, just just keep going right down to the bottom if I'm Philadelphia. But you're right about the Saints and the Rams. Uh, they're just manipulating the system, and they're both probably going to be back in the playoffs this year. It, it, it makes no sense to me in particular. I think I saw something with the Rams and uh, my buddy, uh, Nick Wright, who is a very big Rams fan. I don't like saying these things to him because <laughs> he is not excited to hear it. But I saw at one point they have so much dead money in Todd Gurley and Jared Goff, obviously. And then there's a bunch of others that are still I think Clay Matthews is still getting yeah, paid. Brandon I don't Cooks, think. Yep. Yeah, like all these guys are still getting paid or not getting paid, but dead cap money. And then if you just divide the amount of salary cap they have left by the amount of players they need on their team, they are incapable of paying even the minimum contract for everyone. So how does a, how does a team like the Rams, like how do they figure out what to do and how are they capable of just saying like, no, screw it. Like, it seems like they're literally just saying, I don't care. We're going to figure it out in the future where they sign guys like Ramsey and Donald and Goff and just yeah. say, well, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So it's an interesting question. I brought it up on my show a couple of weeks ago because you're right. It, it does seem like it's it's just not possible to work. There's two there's two levels of roster building happening right now in, in the NFL. The old school, which is still working, right? Build for depth. So don't just have one great wide receiver, have six good ones. Don't just have a shutdown corner, have have a secondary that you can plug and play with different mm-hmm. scenarios. The Rams have have completely abandoned that process. 
They want superstars. They want an NBA roster. They want seven superstars in, in the most important positions, and then they'll figure out the rest. And it works when it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. The Chiefs are an example of this as well. The Chiefs have seven superstars on seven superstar contracts now. And when it, when it gets too far gone, right, that offensive line, when that offensive line gets to a point where you can't, you just don't have the pieces to plug in, you can't win the Super Bowl. That's We just saw it happen. Yeah, that was bad. So it, when it works, you're probably the best team in the league. But if, if a couple of pieces start to fall off from injuries, you, you just can't be sustainable. So the Rams are, are, are betting on the fact that their superstars are going to be better than most teams' depth. And it happens, right? Like we yep. saw, they, they yep. beat the Seahawks, who's a team that I yep. assume is is on that other side. They have Russell Wilson and a bunch of dudes. And now we're seeing Russell Wilson's kind of angry that it's just Russell Wilson and a bunch of dudes. So we'll see what yeah. happens there. The NBA situation is really becoming a, a forefront for these quarterbacks. They want it. I, I mean, yeah. I could see Russell Wilson choosing Carolina because they have 90 million to work with and he can bring four guys with him. He can bring a wide receiver and, a, and he's got already got a running back there. So uh, we're going to start seeing that because if the Rams situation does work out, you know, the saints have had this, the saints have, mm-hmm. have thrown, you know, a bunch of nobodies out there along with Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And it works. It, it works every single se- season for them. So it's not a bad philosophy. I'm just not sure it's the smartest philosophy. That's all. And and one thing that you see with that a lot has been become right. It's always about, you have to win a super bowl with a quarterback on a rookie contract because you're not paying him $40 million. And obviously that's just not the case, right? We saw Jared Goff go to the Super Bowl. They didn't win, unfortunately. Who'd they lose to? Tom Brady, surprise. You saw the, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Now his contract really hasn't hit, but last year goes to the Super Bowl, wins. Um, Carson Wentz on a rookie deal, so you don't have to pay him all that much. You kind of see, it's really interesting though. The last couple of years, you've seen all the old super heavy contracts in like the NFC, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, yeah. and Drew Brees, all these guys are going to the playoffs. And then the AFC, it's the opposite. What do you see from that? Like, do you think that's a hard and fast rule at this point? Or is it a hopeful rule? Or do you have to get someone like Tom Brady to take a huge pay cut? Also curious, you know, why he takes that pay cut? I'm not going to yeah. imply anything, of course. But like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you see on that end? And, and is that a necessity at this point? I mean, the Brady conversation is the right conversation. And yes, he's probably, you know, forfeited about 80 million over his career. You know, it's maybe a third of what he's he's made in total. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't call what he's done pay cuts. I, I just wouldn't. Here's what he hasn't done. He hasn't locked himself into a 10-year contract ever, ever. And that's what concerns me with, with Patrick Mahomes. Um, they're going to restructure Patrick Mahomes this year. So he's going to push some dead cap down, which is fine. He's got tons of years to do that with. Um but the reason Brady ha- was able to, c- to successfully continue to rebuild that roster, you know, and I'm going to put it on Brady, not Belichick. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to put it on Brady um, is because he continually just rolled over two year contracts. And that you might you might think, well, that's dumb by him. Right. What if he gets injured and now he doesn't have the, the long term guarantees? Any kind of contract, whether you tell me it's four five, six, it's a three year contract. That's how the guarantees work. Anybody who has a fourth year guarantee right now in the NFL is a miracle worker. All right. Agents just can't get it done. Dak Prescott might, he's had more leverage than anybody I've, I've seen come into the situation, but there's no guaranteed contract greater than three years. So to sign a 10 is pretty ballsy right now. It really is. And it's going to impact the way the chiefs can build in four to five years. Brady continually said, let's get out after one or two years, give me a new signing bonus, lower my cap it. And let's continue to build around me. I need a new wide receiver this year. I need a new tight end this year. I need a new inside linebacker this year. When you have that kind of flexibility, 
it's not so much about taking the pay cut. It's just being smart. And oh, by the way, it also afforded him the ability to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. He threatened a couple times. He threatened three or four times to get out of there. And it didn't happen until he was 40. But I, I just think that's again, it's the NBA structure. That's LeBron James right there. Right. I want a two year deal because I want to be able to bounce back and forth between a couple of teams or at least be able to manipulate the cap a little bit. That's the way to do it when you have that kind of power. I think that's where we're going. I'm just very surprised Patrick Mahomes took the route he took because I think it's going to limit their ability. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. And that, that's yeah. that's the thing. You're seeing that with teams like the Packers, right? They lost half their offensive line this year and last year because they yeah. weren't capable of being able to pay everybody and keep everyone. And yeah. you know, they didn't get any of those wide receivers. Devontae Adams, turns out, is probably one of the best in the league, of course. But you need more than one, as you said. Sometimes the superstars work. Sometimes every year you need something. Yeah, exactly. And if you are in a year where your cap is completely inflexible, a la Ben Roethlisberger, right? Um, you're, you're, you know, you're SOL. Your team is completely SOL unless they make some serious, serious moves around you. I know the quarterback is important. It's the most important. But to to be inflexible is just a bad move for your team. And and here's a question from one of uh, uh, my cousin. His name's Justin. We have sure. the same last name. How does the potential TV deal affect the salary cap? As we saw, it's a minimum of 180 right now, which is I think something about 20 million less than expected. The NFL just it looks like they confirmed the deal with uh, ABC and Disney on getting them Monday Night Football at like 2.5, 2.6 billion over however many years. Blah 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 blah. How is that TV deal, if they get that in before the league year starts, how is that going to affect the potential of the cap? That's the million-dollar question. You know, I had, a rant, million about, dollar question. I had a rant about it yesterday. Uh, it sounds like this TV money is going to be about $14 billion, which is over double of what they have right now. It's insane. It's going to be between eight- and ten-year contracts. So, you know, there are, you can budget now for a significant amount of time. So if they get this thing done, it sounds like you're right. It's about two weeks away from completely finalizing with – CBS, Fox, they're all going to be back. Amazon's going to be in. Um, I, there's a couple more. Maybe Paramount's new streaming mm -hmm. service could be in. So you're getting a ton, a ton of revenue from a lot of sources. It would be an absolute travesty to me if they drop this thing down to 180 or 182, like they're saying. It would be a mess. There's just too many things tied to that cap. The rookie wage scale, the franchise tags, the transition tags, uh, the, the restricted tenders. You're talking over a third of your roster is tied to the cap directly right now. So and then if the goal is to drop it and then balloon it up to 220 in 20 and you know in mm -hmm. 2022 you're gonna have a lot of guys really ticked off that they had to suffer through this year or take a pay cut this year when the guys next year the rookies next year everybody else next year is going to have an absolute cash in payday it's just not good business it's bad integrity uh, especially in a gambling situation we're all tied to casinos now you've got to be really conscious of the ups and downs the hills and valleys of, of your financial situation I just think we all know how much money is coming now. It's public. Mm -hmm. It would be so reckless to, to destroy this salary cap and make these teams go through massive veteran cuts for one year when there's absolutely, there's no reason. Mm -hmm. You're going to have fans back in the seats and you're going to have a $14 billion TV deal. What are we doing here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it makes no sense. But honestly, the NFL is the NFL. So if there was yeah. one league that was to do something less outside of baseball, I yeah. would assume it is the NFL at that yeah, but point. The, the, the baseball league kept their luxury tax neutral yeah but they just suck the right, but they're losing money left and right we know they're losing money and but the, and, and they didn't drop their luxury tax threshold but the nfl is going to they're going to be the only major league mm -hmm. in america to drop their 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 threshold i can't imagine i really I'm, can't 
I'm sure you had some fun with uh, that Seattle Mariners CEO the other day. That was, uh, that was yeah. those are some comments. We don't have to get too much into to baseball. It's my favorite, but maybe we'll have Jan in a couple well, weeks. Well, it's going to strike. So, yeah, yeah, let's talk about Pretty it. Much. It's going yeah. on strike. <laughs> it will go on strike. I think that labor negotiations, uh, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, I mean, just some of the other things, I, Justin has all these questions because he loves the NFL just as much as I do. Is there a way to simplify the cap? Because it feels like, again, like, you know, you have Tom Brady, you can just, take that as and can you explain that like oh i'm just going to turn it into a roster bonus and now the cap it goes down like why are all these like little tiny things it seems like you have to know a lot and all these guys obviously do they're 32 positions right and they're 32 in the best of uh at what they do and yada 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 but why do they have to make it as complicated as they do i think the easy answer is they they like the manipulation of it mm-hmm. they like it being a year to year they were trying to make it as easy as possible to for teams to manage this while also making it a strict hard cap. It's one of the only hard caps in all of sports. You know, generally speaking, you know, the NBA has a soft cap with a luxury tax. Baseball just has a luxury tax, which is basically like a cash cow. Um, you know, th- this is one of the harder sports to fit a, a big, big roster under. So they, they basically have said, we'll, we'll give you as many ways possible to move things around so that you can, you know, we don't want to have to fine or penalize anybody. Uh, so the restructures are a real thing, you know, you know, signing bonuses with five-year prorations help a lot with that, but it, it makes so much, so much more complicated. The dead cap situation is just impossible to explain without a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a two hour, <laughs> you know, prep Ted talk really. Um, but I get it. I get it. You want to give these people as much power as possible. You want to be able to fit in good contracts. I think we're at a point though, where simplifying could be beneficial, especially to the middle class of football. Um, I think we may be to a point at, you know, soon where the NBA max contract conversation can be had, whereas max contracts are slotted based on percentages of the salary cap. So Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant gets 35% of whatever the cap is when he signs his contract. And then there's annual increases per there that could come into play, maybe just with the quarterbacks. You know, there could be a situation where we pull quarterbacks into their own window. There's been a lot of talk about this because the money is so separate. I mean, we're talking 610,000 for our rookies. And now forty-five million for Patrick Mahomes. So, um, th- some of those things could come into play. I don't think enough was done this this past CBA. You know, I think franchise tags are heavily underpaid, and those are being utilized and abused for a lot of teams. So, look, there's just a lot of ways to pay guys, a lot of ways to not have to pay guys. And in terms of the cap, the manipulation is there, and it's there to help teams like the Saints and the Chiefs that want to run up right against it, but. But here's what here's what it has done. It has really taken tanking out of the NFL. And a mm. lot of these other leagues are really fighting this, really fighting this. I mean, half your teams halfway through the season, they just basically start to rip off their pieces like a Band-Aid and say, we're done. We don't have to, you know, we, we don't want to be paying cash anymore. If you look at NFL cash payrolls over the past I don't know, six or seven years, everybody's really right there. And I don't think they want to screw with that too much because they do have a good spending floor. Teams are really getting smarter with this cap situation. This is going to be a weird year, of course. But I don't know if they want to tinker too much with the overall process. I just think some of these things like the franchise tags, the max contracts could come in and maybe clean things up a little bit. Yeah, and, and you've seen it, you know, as, as I was saying with the MLB, right? As you said, like they didn't move their luxury yeah. tax, but you have a team like I think the Pirates that are paying less money to their entire team than Trevor Bauer is getting for a Pirates single season. Pirates are way down there, way yeah. down there. And they're, they're notorious for being teams that kind of just, you know, you can use the word tank. You can you say, you know, oh, they're in a small market. But again, 
you can't tell me Trevor Bauer is worth more than your entire team. Now it's cool when the Rays do it. It's cool when the A's do it, but at some <laughs> point, like, well, now the A's are already talking about, well, we're just going to trade Matt Olson and Matt Chapman and we're going to just yeah. keep being above average. It's like, well, that's cool. Your fans get to see a team that goes to the playoff and lose. Like, that's awesome. You're never going to win a world series that way as, as we keep seeing. And it's just so frustrating, but it's nice with the NFL. And as you were saying, like, there are, there's kind of those cycles, right? The Giants had it a couple years ago where they spent like a quarter of a billion dollars or whatever it ended up being. Yeah. None of those guys are on the team anymore. All those guys got yeah. traded. They didn't pay even like maybe half of those contracts got uh, got got paid out, right? But the numbers sound cool. And now we're seeing, you know, teams like the Jaguars, right? They get that number one pick. Urban Meyer comes in. Now they yeah. have all this money to spend. And if that cap does come down even a little bit or if it stays, some of those dudes are going to get cut. And there's just going to be a spending spree. Yeah. We've never seen something like this. What do you expect? And, and what are some of the crazy things that you might see happen outside of, and we'll get to the quarterback shuffle in a minute, but outside of that, like what are some of the crazy things that you expect to see in some names that people would have been like, how is this possible that this person's getting on the free agent market? Yeah. I, I'm, it's not an accident that somebody like McCaffrey's being discussed on the trade block right now, a year after getting a signing bonus mm -hmm. as a running back, which really should never happen. So Don't pay I, I, running look, backs. Look, McCaffrey, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., Marcus Lattimore, they're significant names and not aging veterans who need mm -hmm. to move on. Significant instant playmakers that are on the block for one of two reasons, cap cap issues or it's we're just not in the window to keep pay, paying this player whatever, you know, cash that they're owed, which is smart. Both are smart right now. And, uh, you know, you don't want to just fix 2021. You want to be able to fix yourself and get ready for what could happen in 2022, like I said. Um, you know, I, I spent some time on the Patriots, for instance, you know, we're all talking about the quarterback they don't have right now, but I, I don't even know who the Patriots are for the first time in two decades. And, and could they just be playing cat and mouse with us? Like, like many of these teams might be, you know, whether they have the quarterback or not, who's just going to sit on their hands this off season, maybe trade a couple of their, you know, better pieces to, to load up some draft picks because 2022, if that cap goes to 220 and you've got 90 million of cap space that you've we're able to ascertain by rolling over and then just accumulating. And then you've also got, you know, 10 draft picks in 2022. You're, you're Hulk Hogan. I mean, you can do whatever you want, you know, in a situation where Dak Prescott may hit the market, where some of these aging, you know, wide receiver, Julio Jones might be available. Michael Thomas might be available. You can completely rebuild your team if you just kind of pause in 2021. So I'm not sure it's about, I mean, it's going to be fun to see what the Bears do and the Jaguars do with that number one pick and, and all of their assets, uh, you know, and how the Bengals progress with Joe Burrow. But I, I'm I'm maybe more interested in teams that just hit the pause button. Good teams, you know, Eagles, Patriots, just hit the pause button and, and let things play out and accumulate for 2022 because that should be one of the most fun years in a hard cap we've ever had. Well, we saw it with the NBA, right? When they yeah. got their, their new CBA and everything. Yeah, and Warriors, that was yeah. let Kevin Durant go to the Warriors. He yeah. signed a little bit less money. And then you're just like, oh, you have three of the five best players in the entire league. Yeah. Kind of got boring. Um, couldn't even bet on them because it was like they were minus 900 to win. It's like, I'm, right. I'm not even going to waste my money there. But what that, that just seems like such a non-NFL thing to do, right? Just have this cap balloon and have it absolutely blow up. And as you said, you can't have it come down and then balloon $40 million because if everybody has $40 million in cap space, this is just going to be the Wild West. It's going to be absolutely nuts, as you said, one of the most interesting years that we've seen in a while. What do you think the cap's going to end up being this year? Like, educated guess, you're a little closer to the situation than I am. I at least got to ask, like, is there a number? Like, do you think it's just going to stay? Is it going to be neutral? What are some of the things you're seeing? 
so we've had the site on 185 for about four months now, which I know is still think you know seems like wishful thinking, uh, but I just I refuse to go lower than 185 for our projections. I sure hope it gets to about 195. I really do. You know, we know we know the money that that exists. We can project now what's going to happen with fans, even if it's 20 percent capacity. Um, I just think there are enough steps being taken to get back to some normalcy in 2021 that it's just too detrimental. So I'm I'm hoping for 195. I'm my worst case scenario is 185. If it's lower than that, I'll be pretty upset with the situation yeah <laughs> it's not and, my paychecks but yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and actually it'll probably make your job a more difficult but b way more people are going to visit your site i can almost guarantee that if it goes down that far and as, yeah. as we already said the nfl came out and pretty much said it's going to be a, a floor of 180 but yeah. you know as you said we already saw the the abc number come out the disney number it's 2.6 yeah. 2.8 something like that mm-hmm. billion per year just to have monday night football which i don't even think people watch so <laughs> shout out, shout out to Disney for that one. No, I think they get the Super Bowl and obviously they get all the highlights and all the BS for ESPN. So yeah. that's something. And one thing that we saw a lot this year, uh, a lot, we're seeing Carson Wentz request and get traded. We saw Jared Goff be bad and get traded. And Deshaun Watson is now asking to be traded. Russell Wilson is asking to be traded. You know, we talked about it a little bit before the quarterbacks are starting to see like, Hey, we are the players that are most needed. This is the NBA, right? Instead of five guys, it's, there's 32, there's like seven actually quarterbacks that really can control yeah. the market. The problem with that is though, the dead cap that then comes into it, right? We're seeing the Eagles, they have an insane dead cap for Carson Wentz. The, the, the Rams, they're playing, paying, I think, in dead cap and Matt Stafford money. It's something like $45 million yeah. to just their quarterbacks. And then there's Todd Gurley, who's still getting like eight or nine million on the dead cap. And then Brandon Cooks and how, like, even though these quarterbacks want to move, these teams are kind of like hamstrung though, right? Like it doesn't matter what we get back. It's literally two more years that we can't do anything. We're yeah. pretty much just strapped. How is there anything the NFL can do about that? Is there something these teams can do about that? Like, Cause it's just, what the hell are you supposed to do? If you have $45 million in dead cap, you're, you're essentially just giving up on that year and maybe the next one after that. Yeah. Cause you're talking what, you know, 20% of your overall yeah, league. Exactly. Cap essentially. It, look, it's easy to say that this is a problem with the league, but this is self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Eagles case, it's the way they structure their contracts. So if you just do a quick comparison of Goff versus Wentz on our site and how those contracts looked when they were signed, because they were signed months apart, basically you know the same money, but two very different contracts. Carson Wentz got two bonuses. He got a first-year signing bonus and a second-year option bonus. All of that is dead cap. It's Eagles dead cap, no matter what they do. That's not tradable. It's not restructurable. It is just, we've paid you these two bonuses. It's our dead cap to deal with now. That's why he's sitting on 33.8 for 2021 with the Eagles and you know 24 and change to go to the, the Indianapolis Colts. Goff's different story. One signing bonus and we're out the door. They traded him before they paid a roster bonus this year. They paid, And obviously his salary moved over. So the Rams went more traditional. Um much more tradable contract. Now we've had the five highest dead cap hits in the history of the NFL in the past three years, Brandon cooks, Antonio Brown, Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz right there. I mean, it's, it's sitting right there on the top of my head because they're that fresh. They're huge. They're all 20 million plus and, and Wentz is now over 33 million. Deshaun Watson would be 21.6. Russell Wilson would be 39. Russell Wilson would be the new belt winner if he were traded, you know, before June 1st, they just don't seem afraid. These are these are good teams doing this. This is not the Detroit Lions doing this. This is you know, you know this. These are good teams doing this, and 
they just don't seem to care. So no, I don't think, I don't think the league has to change anything. If anything, you know, Howie Roseman needs to change how he structures contracts, you know, and be a little bit more intelligent like the Steelers do, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do, and the 49ers do, three of the more intelligent structures in the in the league. Um, but they just don't seem afraid. They don't they don't care that Brandon Cooks is playing for Houston and Todd Gurley is basically out of the league right now, but they still have cap hits with the Rams in 2021. So until they uh, start acting like it matters, it's just going to keep happening. I guess it just does not matter then. It, it's yep. just so interesting, especially this year. We've never seen anything like this with quarterbacks, and I think that's going to be maybe not the new normal. I think it's going to take a little while before it's you know NBA level. Like, as you said, just sign two-year contracts. You know, screw it. This is a bad situation. This offensive line sucks. I want to go somewhere else. I don't think you're going to see that as much. But I also don't think it matters. It's all about the shield in the NFL and the NBA. It is just about the players. I couldn't care less where LeBron plays. I want LeBron to win. Doesn't matter. Go to the Bucks. Yeah. Go to the Timberwolves. How cool would that be if LeBron went on the Timberwolves? That's a whole nother question, though. And I guess with the new year, with the quarterbacks, with everything's happening, how how does so as you said, it's each kind of each contract is on its own. And thanks for answering all these kind of probably very easy questions for you, but I've never understood how any of this yeah, stuff sure. works. So, so appreciate you, Mike. Uh, make sure to go to spottrack.com. We're, we're, we'll, we'll get all your information at the end to share with everybody. With the way trading works, right? Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, you know, cuts, trades, Jared Goff. Like how long does the dead cap last? Is that in the contract already? Is then the restructuring not happening? Is there a trade number? Like how the heck does that work? Because Todd Gurley is still dead cap for the Rams next year. He hasn't played for them since 2018, 2019. So, uh, yeah, how does so that work? it's a two year thing, right? For the most part. Um, if any, anybody who's released or traded right now. So for instance, Goff and Wentz and Stafford, all of the dead cap on their contract accelerates to 2021. So that's why Wentz is so big. He had 33 million over the next course of four years or so, but it all comes into 2021 for the Eagles. If you wait until after June 1st, you're able to split that up into this year and next year. So for instance, Gurley fell off last year. He had some last year, some this year, same with Brandon Cooks in terms of his trade to Houston. Um, so how it works is if it's after June 1st, anything that exists this year is dead cap. If you're looking at the 2021 situation for Jimmy Garoppolo, for instance, He's got 1.4 million of dead cap this year. If they trade him right now, it becomes 2.8 million. This year and next year's dead cap accelerates this year. If they trade him June 2nd, it'd be 1.4 million this year and 1.4 million next year. So they'd get a little bit of relief this year. You're going to see a lot of that, mm -hmm. a lot of after June 1st stuff, because you can't have 50% of your cap be dead cap this year. It's just going to be one of those tough years. So the June 1st uh, date is a big, big date for caps in the NFL. Uh, you're going to see a lot of post June first designations, which is a whole nother animal. Um, but that's that's generally how it works. There's no three to four year dead cap. Um, it all kind of works either over one year or over two years, depending on how the contract is structured. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And I'm yeah, going to have to re-listen to that because <laughs> I think I only got a little bit of it, but I appreciate you explaining. Hopefully everyone out there got it. Um, Mike, this is this has been awesome, man. Sincerely appreciate your time. I guess the last thing is what the heck are my Giants going to do? And you I know like those, them. yeah, me too. Like they don't have much right now, but as we said, you know, you can do something with Zeitler, Solder, and Golden Tate, and all of a sudden now the Giants have twenty-five, maybe thirty, maybe forty, depending on what that cap number looks like. What do you think they're going to do, and how are they going to be able to kind of maneuver through this landscape of it? Doesn't seem like they're in that terrible of a position when you dive down deep in some of these contracts. Well, I think you don't know yet what Daniel Jones is. No, um, I think he sucks. 
Okay. I think Daniel Jones sucks. Like it's it's really well, not that hard. That like, is definitely one way to look at it. Yeah, like you can't um, fumble the ball that many times winning the NFL. I'm sorry. Like that's are just, you looking to replace him then? I can't do it this year. What are you gonna okay. do? Like I don't know. You, yeah. so I mean, I'm in that I would boat take too. Zach Wilson, but I don't but, think he's gonna be there. So but uh, I'm kind of in that boat with you too. So so let's say that, that Jones is is the 17 week starter. I, I wouldn't pump a ton of the offense, mm-hmm. knowing that you may be restarting that position next year. I would continue to pump into the defense. Because you can win nine games with a good defense. Mm-hmm. So that's re-signing Dalvin Tomlinson. That's bringing back Leonard Williams somehow, whether it's a second tag or not. Um, and then continuing to pump more edge rushers, in my opinion. I think you need to build a Tampa Bay Buccaneers-type structure on that mm-hmm. defense. Kind of get lucky with some young uh, secondary kids, which they've done so far. I mean, yep. and, and and acquired some good players in Bradbury. But I think you've got to really shore up that defensive line, continue to shore up the offensive line, regardless of who the quarterback is. That is, you know, if you got to move Nate Solder to a more, you know, non-traditional position, you do that, you restructure him, whatever you have, to, you know, pay cut, whatever it's going to be. So my draft would be both sides of the line and then the secondary. <clears throat> if you want to go get a, a, one of these, you know, lesser wide receivers, do it. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't break the bank for any weapons at this point. I just mm-hmm. wouldn't, knowing that Daniel Jones may not be your guy in 2022. Look, <laughs> The rest of the division is so in flux. So bad. If Dak holds out, who are the Cowboys? Alex Smith is about to get released. I just saw that pop up in my feed here. So who oh, are no. the Washington football team? And, you know, like I just said, I think Philly might be completely ripping it down and pausing in 2021. So you've got a legitimate chance to win here. So I'm not saying don't do anything. I just think pumping $100 million with a contract into the offense and then having to start over a quarterback next year, that's not the best approach. No. And like, Kenny Galladay's out there. I know he's been tied to the Giants a lot. I don't think, again, you can't say, I agree with you. You have to give him, I guess, some sort of chance, right? Like he's been given yeah. no chance. But again, if you fumble the ball as many times as you do, you're not going to win the NFL, so it doesn't matter. But just give him some some offensive weapon, right? Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and then an actual, you know, sure. just a number one wide receiver would be cool. Don't go after someone like Kenny Galladay. I'm sure there's a bunch of other dudes on the market that you can grab. That's too so, rich. Exactly. Yeah. Who who would be someone just out, out of curiosity who you think in that kind of mid-tier range that, you know, they can get five for 50, five for 60. That's a pretty legit contract and looks good. They're happy. We're happy. And we can kind of move well, on, as you said, in three years. Yeah, I'll tell you who I've got um, price tagged right about there, but there's going to be a ton of demand for him is Curtis Samuel. Uh, I think Curtis Samuel is an, an underrated playmaker right now, and he he can do a little bit of everything for you. He may be a little bit too similar to Slayton mm-hmm. and uh, and Shepard right now. You might need somebody a little bit more bigger. But, but to go back to that conversation, Evan Engram has to have a year. He to me, he's everything. I, I yeah. know you're probably out on him, and, mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of young tight ends that maybe moved on from, and maybe that's where you spend some money because that's got some long term benefit to it. And, you know, in the running game as well with Saquon. Um, I, that may be where you spend your money, but Curtis Samuel is going to be about the 10 to 12 million per year mark. And I think he's undervalued right now. What about, uh, we got a comment, Corey Davis. How about him? Where do you think he's going to go? I've heard that name linked to the Giants already. I, I don't know that Tennessee lets him walk because there's clearly a rapport right now with him and Tannehill. He's about the same price tag for me, 10 to 12 million. I know where he was drafted and where he should be priced, but he's only done it for about a week and a half. So, mm-hmm. to, you know, that's probably a good value if you can get him out of Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I don't like Corey Davis. I don't like Curtis Samuel very much either. Um, it's the it's the fantasy football in me, right? Yeah. I've I've drafted these guys and they've done nothing. As football players, they're probably good and worth that amount of money. But as yeah. a fantasy fantasy um, you know player, I I draft Corey Davis and I'm just super disappointed outside of those two weeks that you said. So there's no way you get Beckham back, do you? No. Why? <laughs> I don't like. I mean, at this point, man, that was fun. It was cool. That catch How about Sammy Watkins? Does that a name that that entertains you? No. 
because he's going to be out there. Yeah, I mean, no, none of these. That's the frustrating part. And maybe I'm just being super cynical. It sounds like you're saying all these names. They're all great players again, but I don't think Odell comes back. I don't think Sam Sammy Watkins was about to retire last year, right? Like he almost went to Mars or some shit. So like, I don't really want to deal with that either. I don't think that's right. You also have to look at Dave Gettleman. Right. You yep. got to give him a nice stern handshake and wear your lunch pail to work that whole shit. So um, I don't know, man, it is uh, it is definitely crazy. Oh, do you want to do you need a spot in a fantasy football league? I'm sure you get asked a lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about six deep, so I'm going to pass. Okay. on that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I try and keep it at about three. I end up doing about five every year, so I can't right. blame you there. But Mike, this has been absolutely fantastic. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. We'll have you back on yeah. uh, for maybe baseball season when that all shit happens. NBA, that would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, tell us about your show. Where can we find you? The website. Give us all the information. Yeah, we're at Spotrek on Twitter, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. Spotrek.com is the website. The Spotrek podcast is about two to three times a week, depending on how much time I find for myself. But this time of year, it's about three a week. So it's uh, on all the channels. You can find it. Very, very cool, man. I'll get all the information. I'll put that in the show notes for everybody. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. One more time. And you told me your last name a while ago. It's been about 45 minutes. So let's see if I get it. Mike Gennetti. You got it. Got it. Mike Gennetti, managing editor and founder of Spotrek. Really appreciate your time today, man. Thank you. Bye, everybody.